Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that He has in store for you. Sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this topic point aboard this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour A three-hour tour Oh, uh, you don't pay me enough <laughs> We're going to be, welcome to those who are watching online right now around the country and around the world. We hope that sometime you come back and watch us again. Now, we're going to be talking about a, 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 let me ask you this question first. How many of you knew every word to that song as it comes? God bless those hands. I see those hands. You know, um, we're going to be talking about a, a shipwreck today. But one thing, um, you know, how many of you ever had a bad boating experience? Go ahead and raise your hand. Let's see that. Several, several, several. I've had a, a few in my life. I love boating, love, love the water and things. I remember one of the first ones was when, when I was on a, a mission trip to Singapore. It was the first mission trip I ever went on. And the people who were watching over us there, taking care of us, they decided to, uh, on, uh, we had a day off, and they were going to take us canoeing. Now, for canoeing around here, that was, you know, you go to a lake, you go to a river, you go to something like this. But the canoeing they had was in their port, which was one of the biggest, uh, busiest ports in the entire world. I think it was in the top three or four uh, at that time. So, so we rent canoes, and we go out into the shipping lanes, okay? So we're out there in the shipping lanes. It's pretty intimidating, these, you know, humongous barges and, uh, and freighters and things like this going all around you. And then one of the, the young ladies in our, our group, she decided that she was going to jump out and swim. So she is out now swimming, and we're like, what are you doing? So she swims right up to, uh, to, to my uh, canoe, and she starts to get in. Okay, and anybody in a canoe, you know what's going to happen right there, especially this was not a little girl, okay? So I wanted to take the oar and go, stop, 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 cut it, cut it, cut it out. But that was not a good thing to do. She swamped our canoe. So we are in, now we are in the middle of the shipping lanes, not knowing what's underneath, not knowing what's going to hit, and we had to be rescued from some people on the shore in there. We had a shipwreck. We're going to be talking about a big shipwreck today, one of the most famous in the, uh, in the Bible. And it's a, a shipwreck that happened to one of the heroes of our faith, who was Paul. Now, Paul was in a time of transition right now. He was being taken as a prisoner from Israel into uh, to, to Rome, okay? So this was, not, this was not the love boat. This was not a Norwegian or a carnival or Disney cruise. Uh, this was a prison ship. And there was no buffet on this one. There was no entertainment. There was no climbing wall. There was no anything like that. He, there were chains on this one. So it was a, he was a prisoner going to, to be put in, in prison. And so, so not only was he at, at a time of transition, but it was a problem. He was going through a major, major problem he was about to face, along with 275 other, other people on board this ship. 
Here's what I want to say. There's, there's also, you know, people in here, many of you that are listening to the sound of my voice right now, you're going through a time of transition. There's other people, you're going through a difficult situation. And I want you to know one thing we're going to see here is we're going to see that, that some of the times that God does his best work is when times when we're in transition or times when we're going through a difficult situation. The very first, uh, what we're going to look at is, is in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts was written by a, a man named, uh, named Luke. Uh, and he also wrote the book of, of Luke. Really, Luke and Acts go together. And what we're going to take a look is a lot of times you hear him saying, when they're talking about Paul, he, 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 he. And then there's other times it's we, 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 we. And those we, we times, <laughs> those we, we times is actually times that he has joined uh, Paul and they're doing this together. So this is an eyewitness account of some of the things that had happened. Now, on the way to the voyage, they'd already encountered some very bad weather, but here's what takes place at that point on, starting in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. And he said, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now, that was after the fast, which was a certain time of year. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives as well. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul was said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the, of the ship. God was giving these people, the, the ones who were in charge, a, a word of warning through Paul, but they were not listening. The centurion uh, did not listen to Paul. He listened to the owner of the ship, and he listened to the, the captain of the ship. And you can't blame him, right? Because if you're going to listen, if you're a centurion, if you're not a, a believer in those days, and, and one is a, a captain that's telling you what to do, that spent his whole life on, the, you know, on a boat and, and you know, going around the Mediterranean and going through storms and things like that, or the owner of the boat, or you're going to listen to a preacher who's also a prisoner who thinks he's hearing from God, which one are you going to listen to? And that's exactly who he listens to. But understand this, that Paul represents the voice of God in this story. He's telling them a warning. He's telling them that the, what they should do, and they aren't listening. He is listening to all the other voices on the ship instead of the voice of, of God. And unfortunately, this is kind of a metaphor for our life far too often. Far too often, we listen to every other voice except for the voice of God. We listen to other people. We listen to their opinions. We listen to culture. We listen to things instead of just taking time and listening to what God is saying and what God is telling us to, to, to do. And here's a, in, in what, what he was telling him made sense. I mean, what the other people were telling him, it made sense. Uh, and so much of the time, I think we, we go with what's, what we feel, what we understand, what, what we can, can, uh, can comprehend in our mind instead of what God is clearly telling us. But the problem is a lot of times is that that, that keeps us in, in this little bubble of our own life instead of going out where God wants us to go. Now, there's the, an animal called the impala. Go ahead and throw this up there. An impala is an absolute amazing. I've, I've taken a picture just like this with, with an impala jumping across an entire road. They can jump 30 feet with, in one bound, okay? They can, they can run almost 60 miles an hour. But here's the weird thing about an impala. You can put an enclosure this big and they will never jump out of it. You know why? Because they will never jump where they can't clearly see where they're going to land. 
So you can keep them imprisoned. Even though they could jump over, over 10, 20 of these things at one, at one time, you can keep them there because they will never jump where they can't see, okay, that I got everything in control and I can see exactly where I'm going to jump. And some of us are like Impalas. That God tells us to take a step of faith. God tells us to do something. But until we see, unless we say, I can't see exactly where I'm going to jump. God, I don't know exactly where you're taking me. That we won't jump and we stay in our own little bubble. And we never go, as, with the, as the series is saying, beyond existence. And here's, the, uh, here's really, with few exceptions, here's how things have worked out in the, in the Bible with people who have gone beyond existence, the people who have seen God do some amazing things in their life that we have record of. And, and even in people that you and I know, it's this. It's, first of all, God says, take a step of faith. It could be uh, disciples launch out in the deep. Could be Joshua walked seven times around the, the city of Jericho. It could be Naaman, I want you to bathe seven times in the, in the Jordan River. It could be disciples, go to the, uh, put your net on the other side of the, uh, of the boat. We could go on and on and on somewhere. Uh, the, go wash in the pool of Siloam to the, to the blind man. Somewhere, somehow, saying, take a step of faith. And then when the person takes a step of faith, the miraculous happens. Amazing things happen to them, amazing things happen in their life and amazing things happen through, the, through their life. And that's one thing we have to understand. It's a three-step process. You know, Brandy last, uh, last week talked about during the, uh, because you give, she talked about tithing, and she talked about, you know, God was telling her to take that step of faith, and they had never taken that step of faith. But it was only when they took that step of faith, things were opened up, and they said their entire faith changed. Their entire uh, finances changed. Everything about their life changed when they took that little step of faith. But a lot of times, we want step three to happen without step two happening. We want to get the blessings of what God says without taking that step of faith, that simple step of faith. And we, like an Impala, just stay in one little place instead of going beyond existence. <clears throat> Something, too, is the ship is a metaphor for our life as, as well. The, the ship really represents everything that you and I have been entrusted with. It represents the direction we're going in our life. And here's the, here's the question. Something or somebody is steering your ship. Somebody is steering the ship of your life, telling you the directions, where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. Somebody is. It may be you. It may be Satan. It may be the people around you, all the voices around you that you're listening to, the peers. Uh, it could be God. Who is the one that is steering your ship? Because somebody is steering your ship. And the, the, the thing that's really important to understand is the direction of your life, where you will end up in life will always be determined by who's steering the ship, by who's the captain of the ship and who's running the show. Let's go on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix in winter there. There was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along to the shore of, of Crete. Now, here they were. They were disobeying God, and yet there was a, a nice wind at their back. I mean, everything was good. And probably some of us know exactly what that's talking about. Have you ever disobeyed God? And at first, it started, everything worked out hunky-dory. And then, but the thing is that they did not realize is that that, that that warm breeze was actually taking them to disaster. I was talking to somebody even this week that that's exactly what had happened in, uh, in, in their life, that they had disobeyed God. And, and at first, everything, man, everything was just flying and doing wonderful, but did not realize that that disobedience was heading, heading their life straight into something that was just going to be problem after problem after, after problem. 
Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeastern swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not, go, not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. A couple verses later, the exact same thing. We were driven along. Isn't that a power, powerful two words? Have you ever been driven along? You know, I mean, you, we look at society, we look at people, and it seems like that is a story of our culture. So many people just being driven along, just going with whatever, just going with the flow, and really, again, never going beyond existence, right? Or a lot of times that... <clears throat> That really, they think that they're in control. They start out that they're, uh, that they're walking the dog, and pretty soon they realize the dog's walking them. <laughs> you know what's going to happen here, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's painful to watch, isn't it? It's funny hearing all the ladies. Oh, oh, he's oh, oh, oh. But here's the thing: we're either we're either being driven in life or being led in life. We're either being led by God or we're being driven by by other things. And something else is probably every single one of us can testify to the fact it's a whole lot better, it's a whole lot easier, and it's a whole lot more productive to be led by God than to be driven by anything else because uh, that driving is a, a cruel ta ta taskmaster. And, and also, I just want to say that my goal for you as your pastor, my goal for you for those who are listening, is that we never spend one more day of our life being driven, that we spend the rest of our life being led by God and not be driven by something, uh, something else. We took, uh, it says here, it goes on, verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day that they began to throw the cargo overboard. Now, that really hit me because the cargo is why they're going from point A to point B. The very reason why they were taking this trip is to take the cargo from here to here. And yet the storm was so bad because they disobeyed God. The storm was so bad that they threw the very purpose of why they were going overboard. And again, if we spend our life disobeying God, that sometimes we could come to the very end of our, our life and the whole cargo, the reason why we existed, the reason why God put us on this earth, we, we've, we've lost the cargo. We've lost the very purpose. If we're, either, if we're not being led by God, we can be driven and miss the whole cargo of why we're even on this, uh, this earth. On the third day, uh, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, imagine that, they, they saw no light for several, several days. And the storm continued raging. This wasn't just a couple hours. This was a, uh, a storm that lasted for day after day after day. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Up to this point, they're still hoping something works out. They're still hoping for the best. They're still hoping somehow they're going to survive. But at this point, they've, they've, they've given up on, on that. In fact, you know, it, they, they've lost hope. And no, they haven't. They, they, this is important. They have not lost hope. 
they've given up hope, the Bible said, because there's a difference, isn't there? Because to lose something is to, you know, it's just, it's there, you, you don't know where it is, but to give something up, it means you do this, it means you go, here's my hope, I've had enough of it, I don't have any use for it anymore. They gave up their hope. They did not think that life was going to get any better from that point on. And maybe there's some people listening to my voice right now that you have truly believed that life is not going to get any better, that there's only the, there is no light at the end of, the, at the, end of the, the tunnel. You believe you're always going to be depressed. You believe you're always going to have that addiction and it's going to, going to rule over you. You believe you're never going to have a job you like. You believe you're never going to get married. You're always going to be alone. You believe you're never going to have a happy marriage. Or you believe you're never going to get, you know, you and your, your, your kids are never going to get along. I, you believe you're never going to be in health. You're always going to be sick. You're always going to be struggling with a, with a sickness. And we could go on and on and on, couldn't we? Because, and here's the question, have we given up hope or do we keep hold of our hope? hope. And the next section should give us, I believe, a lot of hope. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. That is something that every married man in here has heard at one time in their life. <laughs> men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from, from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this, uh, this damage and this loss. He's, you know, kind of rubbing it in and saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And it's just, you know, and, and have you ever gone to the point in your life where you make a decision, you know, God or others have told you not to do that, you go ahead and you do the whatever it said to do, and it costs you. It's cost you time. It's cost you a reputation. It's cost you money. It's cost you relationship. It's cost you something because we diso disobeyed there. And that's kind of what, but, but so if that's, if that's you, I want you to hear the next two words because that's all of us. We've all done that. And listen to this, but now. Can you say those two words, but now? But now. Because we serve a God that is a, that is a but now God because it's, it's this. It's saying that even though every single one of us, we have done things we shouldn't have done, we've said things we shouldn't have said, we have not done things we should have done and not said things that we should have said. And, and the thing is that we have to understand is we can't do anything about that right now. That ship has sailed, right? It's like, that, it's like putting toothpaste, taking toothpaste and, and putting it out. You can't put that thing back in the tube once you've squeezed it out. That, that, that ship has sailed. That ship has, has sunk, right? But here's the thing that I love is, is then he says, okay, that's the situation. But even now, God can do something about your situation. Even though you've chosen to do things wrong, even though you've made these decisions, even though you've done things, God is still going to do something. And when, uh, it reminds me of something that Martha said. Remember Martha? She's uh, Lazarus' sister and Mary's sister. And Mary and Martha asked uh, Jesus to come and heal their brother. And, and, and Jesus didn't come right away. So Jesus died. Okay, so if, because he took his jolly time, their brother is dead, and there's nothing. He's dead. They cannot undo the fact. He cannot do the, undo the fact that he died. But here's what she said. She looks at him and says, but Lord, even now, even now, I know that you can raise my, my brother from the, from the dead. 
And that's the thing that we serve an even now God. Understand this in your life. We serve an even now God because no matter what has happened, even now God can still use you. Even now, God still loves you. Even now, there is hope. Even now, there's a, there's a, a, a fresh start. Even now, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Even now, God's going to do amazing things in your life. Even now, no matter what's been in the past, you can't undo what you've said. You can't undo what you did. You can't do un that. But even now, God has a wonderful things in store for, for us. Amen? And God says this, uh, it says, but now I urge you to keep up your, your courage. And he'll repeat that in just a couple verses. In, so in five verses, two times, he tells the men, keep up their, uh, your, your courage. And again, I hope you realize that God puts this in his word, not so we can just hear about uh, 276 men on a, on a ship that God's saying, keep up your courage, that he's saying those same words to you today. Whoever's hearing the sound of my voice right now, God is saying to you, Keep up your courage. It doesn't matter what, uh, what, what's, what's happened. The boat, the boat may be going down. Keep up your courage. Things may, may not be going well in the relationship. Keep up your courage. Things may not be going well at home. Keep up your courage. Things may not be going well in your career. Keep up your courage. May, things may not be going well in your health. Keep up your courage. Maybe something's going haywire in your life. God is saying, keep up your courage. And here's the beautiful thing about that is they could do what he's telling them to do. They can't, they can't determine what the weather's going to be like. These guys could not help what the weather was like on the outside and how big the storms were and how big the waves were and anything like that. They had, they had no power over that whatsoever, but they had 100% control whether they kept up their courage or not. And the same thing with, with you and me. We can't determine what comes down the pike at us. We can't determine some of the things that are happening in our life. We can't determine what the wind is, whether it's in our back or in our face. We can't determine how big the waves are. But the one thing we have 100% choice in is whether we will keep up our courage or not. And God's telling you today, keep up your courage. And he says this, But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God who I, whose I am mm, and who I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all that sail with you. Isn't that a, a, a wild? That we, because we're Christians, we can change the environment. We can change the lives of other people around us because of Paul's faith. All these other people's lives were going to be, were going to be saved. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Don't miss that. Therefore, we must run, nevertheless, we must first run aground on some, some island. Let's talk about the boat for a second. Paul says the boat's going down. The boat is going to be lost. The boat is going to be destroyed. Now, this had to, to terrify them. Because their 100% faith was in their boat. That was the absolute only thing that they were trusting to go from point A to point B. Their whole faith was in the, was in the boat. And he's telling them that boat's going to be, be lost. And sometimes we have, the, fo- the, the, the boat represents what we trust in what we hope in, how we think things should work out, how we believe life should work out, how we believe God should act, right? And, and sometimes we have too much faith in the boat. And, uh, and, and some of you have lost your courage. Some of you have lost your hope. Some of you have, have, have lost di- direction. And it's because you have too much faith in the, the boat. 
Your faith has been put in the boat rather than the one who, who is bigger than the, than the boat. And I want to say a couple of things, and this is something that God was teaching me and talking to me in this story. Sometimes the boat needs to go down. Sometimes the boat needs to sink. So we can stop putting our faith in things besides God. So we can stop putting our faith in people. So we can stop putting our faith in how we've determined that life should turn out. Sometimes we have to, the boat has to go down so we can grab hold of what God wants for our life. So we can grab hold of everything to his, his future. And something, and, and understand this, this is, this is harder and this is something, again, God, God said, that sometimes we need to understand that uh, some things are never going to be the same. Some of us who have lost things, if you've lost a loved one, if you've, if you've lost a, a, a life situation, a life circumstance, if you've gone through divorce, if you've gone through anything like that, you know that at this point, life is not going to be, and sometimes we just have to come to the point of going, life isn't going to be the way it used to be. But I want you to know something. That doesn't mean that it can't be awesome. That, doesn't, that also doesn't mean that it can't even be better than it was before. So many of us in here can te testify that it's not, life was not the way it used to be, but life actually is better in a lot of ways than what it used to be before whatever happened. You know, I was telling somebody this week that I just had this picture as I was talking to her that this is a person who's gone through a huge, 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 huge loss in her life. And so just saying, I had this picture of the, of the temple. And you know, the old temple must have been incredible. It, was, it would have been one of the seven wonders of the world. It must have been absolutely unbelievable. But then it was destroyed in 587 BC because the, because the Jews, they started worshiping other gods. But then the temple was rebuilt. But when the people saw the new temple that was, being, that was rebuilt and thought about the old one, there were, there were tears of, 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 of joy and tears of pain. And they couldn't tell, the Bible said, they couldn't tell the difference between the, the crying of joy and the crying of pain. And sometimes that's life, isn't it? Sometimes we look back and it's not what it used to be and we lose, but then that doesn't mean, I thought about this, the old temple had all the glitz and glamour and everything like that, but it was the new temple that Jesus showed up in. Maybe God's saying to you right now that maybe there was something else in there and yeah, the, the past was great. And the Bible says this, uh, do not dwell on former things. Forget the past because I'm doing a new thing. Do you not even see that it's springing up? Do you not even perceive it? God is doing a new thing and as we trust in him, God's new thing can be an even better thing. And something I want you to, to hear too, if you hear nothing else, your hope is not in the boat. The boat did not create you. The boat does not have wonderful plans for your life. The boat does not, is not already in your future preparing the way. The boat is not, did not die for you. The boat, uh, and, and understand this, that every boat, every boat eventually will sink. Every boat eventually will let you down. Every boat will eventually disappoint you, except for, uh, so that your hope is not in the boat. Your hope is in the God that's bigger than the boat. And he said, I love this when Paul said this, God stood beside me. Here's the beautiful thing, God stands beside us. But I want you, my, my mind went to Isaiah 52 that said this, for the Lord your God will go before you. 
The Lord of the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Do you understand what that's saying? It's saying God goes behind us. God goes behind us to forgive our past and redeem our past, make actually good come out of the bad. God goes before us to prepare our future, and God goes around us, is with us right now as we go through, and he gives us the courage and the grace and the hope and whatever we need to make it through the day, to make it through this season of life. God's got us surrounded in a beautiful way. You know, I was saying, uh, like, I think Wednesday, that I was, I was one time in a, uh, in a helicopter in, in, in Kauai, and, and there was a, a, a rainbow that we were watching, that we were looking, and then we flew above, and something happened. I couldn't believe what happened. I'd never seen this, that it formed an oval underneath the, the helicopter. It formed a perfect oval, and it was literally we were surrounded by the promises of God. And I want you to know, it's a symbolic of God's got you surrounded. God has you surrounded before. He goes before you. He goes behind you to clean up the mess, and he goes with you to help you through so you don't even try to, to make the mess to, to begin with. And he says this. I love verse 25 as well. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Just as he told me. Not as how I expected. Not as how I thought things would work out. Not as how I dreamed when I was a little boy or a little girl, but how God said it was going to, to, to work out. And then he said this, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And we read that that's exactly what happened a few, uh, a few verses later. They ran, they ran aground. And when they ran aground, the, the, everything started happening, that the, the waves beat against the boat and started to tear the boat a, a, a apart. So they said, uh, they said, all right, everybody, well, first the, the guards were going to kill Paul and the prisoners. I mean, how about that for a how do you do? Thanks, Paul. Thanks for saving our life and everything. Sorry, we've got to kill you. But then the centurion said, no, no, no. We're not going to do anything. So those who can swim, you swim to shore. Those who can't swim, find a plank, find a board, make friends with a dolphin, do something like that to get you to the other, to, to get you there. And they made it to the, and they made it to the island. Not one person was lost. And it, it reminds me of, uh, and I love that. It happened just the way God said it was going to happen. And there's a verse that says this in the Bible. He says, he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion till the day of Christ Jesus. You know what that means? God finishes what he starts in your life and my life and the life of this church. God finishes what he starts. God's not a half-baked God. And you know, uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, I was, I was heating something up, reheating something up in the microwave, and I, I had it really hot on the outside, and I took a bite of it on the inside, and it was still freezing on the inside. I was just taking a guess. And then a few days ago, put a, a chicken pot pie in the microwave and did it according to the directions, and it was wonderful on the outside, and it was delicious on the inside. And I thought, how time, many times that we go in, that we go in half-baked and our life turns out half-baked. But when we go to the directions, when we follow God, God is going to take us to the other side. God is going to see it through in life. God is not a partway God. God is not a half-baked God. God is a, 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 a God that's going to see us to the, to the other, uttermost. And here's something I want you to, to know, too, that maybe the storm's raging in your life. Maybe the boat is getting creamed. Maybe you've not listened to the voice of God and you're paying the consequences for that. Maybe you've lost your cargo, whatever that, that is. But one thing I want you to say may, uh, is that, that God is still the God of even now. The God is the God that's got you surrounded. He's got your past, he's got your present, and he's got your, your future. And even though you've lost your, the, uh, and you know, the, the thing is too, that one person said this, Graham Cook said, the antidote for past wounds is a future hope. 
All those wounds that we carry from the past, you know what one of the things that can heal that? God can heal those things when he gives you a future hope. God is saying that sometimes, sometimes the boat has to go down. Sometimes it's not going to be the way it used to be. But that doesn't mean with God it can't be even way better than we ever dreamed or imagined. You know, something that happened too with this boat, with the boat that I just thought of is, is they, they made it. Paul made it to, to Rome. And because of that time on the island, there were people that were saved and there were people that were healed because of that. God can even use the detours because of our stupidity and make good come out of it. God can take our problems and make a beautiful future. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.